I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 5th, 2011. You to stay with me tonight because there's a new board op getting trained, and generally there's two guys chatting to each other and showing them what they're doing, and of course you can miss the, what I'm doing on my end too, but that's just the way it is. And as I say, it's July the 5th and uh, 2011, and I always suggest at the start that people go off to look at the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com where they can help themselves to hundreds of hours of downloads and audio and also downloads for print-up as well of a lot of the talks I've given on that site. If you want downloads for print-up in other languages, go into alanwatsentinel.eu and you'll find a variety offered there. And remember, too, you're the ones that bring me to you, so if you want to keep me going, you can purchase the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And uh, from the U.S. to Canada, you're still lucky enough, you can use a personal check uh, to order in Canada. You can also uh, send cash. You can use an international postal money order from your post office. You can use PayPal. You'll find the donation button on the com site and how to do it there. And uh, straight donations, too, are certainly welcome. Across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and you've got... PayPal again to order through the donation button. Plus, you can see straight nations there too are certainly welcome in these austere times. I'm sure the whole world is feeling austerity now as prices go sky high and you're getting taught not to drive so much and you're getting taught an awful lot of other things too, whether you know it or not. Subconsciously, I think you all know it. And we're going into this brave new world scenario where the, the big planners who've planned this for hundreds of years and they planned the previous stages too, by the way, uh, that you've all lived through, and your parents and grandparents, they're now into their next parts of uh, redistribution of wealth and bringing in this carbon economy, which is nothing more than energy. You would be taxed on energy that you use. Now, that was discussed as far back as the 1930s. I might touch on that tonight again. And uh, it's very important you understand what really is going on behind all the new names that give the same old things. It's a world 
a planned society we're going into. It's worked pretty well here, actually. And as they take down the old, that's the old, the old uh, suburbs and, and urban areas, uh, and they shove everybody into the overcrowded cities. By the year 2050, they hope to have a manageable, meaning a much smaller population to play with as science takes over. And no doubt they can clone their own slaves from then on. I've no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, far more efficient than we are. that never complain, regardless of what they have to do. That's your brave new world where science takes over. And going through your average history books, they'll go through the different ages and stages of man. Well, this is the one we're in now as we go extinct. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix and I've talked many times about the different layers in this uh, matrix system that we live in, we're born into, your parents are born to grandparents and great-grandparents and way back, even long before that, and how they bring in the ages of man and uh, how they go through industrial ages and then they go through post-industrial ages, consumer societies and post-consumer, we've gone all through all this lot in our own lifetimes in fact. And to replace it all, we've got this new system of incredible um, changes in the way of living to do with austerity. We're now going to be austere, which really means redistribution of your wealth or your income across the planet. It's a communist manifesto, of course, and that's only part of this big structure, the communist. The left and the right, remember, are two wings in the same bird, and you never see the body behind the shield. The shield's very important, of course, that's what you won't see what's really behind it. But back in the, the 50s, and we found that Norman Dodd, on tax-exempt foundations, was given the job of going into the big foundations that have billions, actually trillions today, it was billions back then, of money to fund they're non-governmental organizations, and to get armies, if you like, they would protest and all come together for certain uh, protests, etc. But uh, part of it, too, was that he was told by the CEOs of Ford and other foundations that their job was to eventually bring in and seamlessly blend the Soviet system with the Western system and culture, everything. And that has already happened again in my lifetime. It's now called liberalism, strangely enough. And uh, it's the most intolerant one of all because liberals, uh, under the guise of standing up for everyone else's rights, uh, regardless of what you happen to do, if you're a minority of one, that's good enough for them. Uh, we're supposed to celebrate your whatever it is you, your particular kink is. But the fact is, um, we're all going into this new system. And uh, liberalism is the most intolerant of all because whatever it says is politically correct today means the law. That's it. That's it. They will not have any other opinion. So it's anything but liberal because it does not take any contrary opinion to its own agendas. But anyway, I'll put this link back up tonight. You can hear and see Norman Dodd in an old interview uh, talking about this and how he was so shocked. This was a congressional inquiry, remember, to find out why um, these big banking uh, establishments really who funded the foundations and used them as a means to uh, get rid of all the excess taxes around and paid to government, why they were funding what appeared to be communist and all left-wing groups. didn't make much sense. It does today, of course, because we know the whole agenda. 
You know, the greatest way to make you a slave is to, is to keep telling you you're free and you need more freedoms. Uh, today, they're telling you, even the speeches on the 4th of July, yesterday, they were telling you how free you are and lucky to be in a country with all these. And these guys with machine guns and the, the black outfits and there's helicopters going overhead and cobras and all the rest of it. And they keep telling you you're free. Eh? Isn't that exactly what Lord Bertrand Russell said? He says, under this controlled society we shall bring in, he says the people will believe they're happy because the government will tell them they are so. And that works very, very well. That's all you have to do. Trained public are always very dependable. But I'm going to put this up tonight. And another thing, too, as part of this uh, big coming together, you might call it, as, as the left and right and all the different factions that were created for specialized purposes come together for this new world order, uh, they're always creating, new, always creating new world orders because each new one is just simply upgraded on the, on the agenda, that's all. And um, they've got to grab all power across the whole planet. That's one thing, you see, because eventually, as I say, you'll be taxed on the energy consumption. They can call it carbon taxes, uh, energy taxes. It doesn't really matter as long as you believe it. It's like you must believe in their money system. And that dollar is a dollar. You must believe it. The guys at the top don't care. Uh, they've got real estate all over the planet, the gold mines, everything. But uh, it's only important that you believe it's money so that you'll go to work and, and, and work. You'll exchange your labor for that piece of paper that really is worthless. But you must believe in it. And uh, the big boys at the top don't need money. It's, it's a means to an end for them. And uh, they're going after, as I say, all the world's resources. That was, again, stated quite clearly and Professor Carl Quigley's book, Tragedy and Hope, and his other one, uh, The Anglo-American Establishment. You can't read one without the other, honestly, with, with this particular insight, because he was the historian for the American branch of the group that was set up to take over the world's resources for this future that we're now going through, where you'll be taxed on every piece of energy you use, or even the energy that came into making that chocolate bar, uh, and the wrapper too That's all going to be taxed onto everything that you purchase Then you get a personal energy consumption Through your smart grid For your smart meters What do you think the smart meters are all about? What do you really think they're all about? I mean, apart from being able to cut off any appliance in your house And they've been for the last 10, 15 years They've been putting chips into refrigerators and so on All in preparation for today And I keep telling you Nothing happens today that wasn't planned Many years ago, do you realize, even for a world smart grid, and they're talking about the world smart grid now, and we've all in the West to pay for the whole world's smart grid under massive undersea cables and grid system to unite the whole planet so that eventually you'll have uh, the World Power Inc. that will be the, the one who will own all the elect- electricity or something. You know, you have one uh, oil power Inc. and that will be the oil industry and each one will be a solitary industry. Uh, you have to always have the appearance of competition as long as they want you to have the appearance of competition because, you see, that's all you've ever really had. You've never had real competition in anything. But anyway, um, they talk about this world smart grid and uh, how, you, how they're just desperate for electricity in parts of Africa and so on, which you'll also have to pay for, by the way, apart from the implementation of these smart grids, because that's the redistribution of wealth from the Communist Manifesto part. And they don't bring that up very often. In fact, they'd rather you didn't think that far as to who's paying it. It's also the reason that China has, has been given, by the way, a whole area of Afghanistan to go in and mine for copper, because it's going to take an awful lot of copper 
to make a grid across the whole planet. And by the way, the U.S. troops, it said in the newspapers, are there to guard and make sure that these, uh, this uh, China company is uh, safe. So it's not wonderful, the U.S. troops, they're getting paid their peanuts, paid for by the taxpayer, of course, with its big peanuts, and for, for China to go in and take all the stuff out. Isn't that just wonderful? Aren't you? Don't you feel like hands across the sea, we're all pals now, eh? Isn't that just great? Wait till you get the bill, because you will get it. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. And this article here talks about... Um, Part of the, again, I've mentioned communism, fascism, all the isms. Uh, it never ends with isms even today, does it? And you also had technocracy, a little bit different. This stage that we're going in today, and uh, they started back in the 1930s, this idea of technocracy, energy would be the key factors. Everything else is only um, uh, the, the precursor of energy. Energy is eventually formed from everything, including your labor, you understand. According to the United Nations Governing Council of the UN Environmental Program, it's called UNEP, our dominant economic model may thus be termed a brown economy. The UNEP's clearly stated goal is to overturn the brown economy and replace it with a green economy. A green economy implies a decoupling of resource use and environmental impacts from economic growth. Understand what that means. These investments, both public and private, meaning the public pay for everything uh, and they give the private businesses all the profit. We pay for the upkeeps of their private roads and everything, and they put nothing in. They just have you pay for the maintenance, and it's all profit for them. Provide the mechanism for the reconfiguration of businesses, infrastructure, and institutions, and for the adoption of sustainable consumption and production processes. Sustainable consumption, what does that mean? Reconfiguring businesses, infrastructure, and institutions. What do these words mean? They do not mean merely reshuffling the existing order, but rather replacing it with a completely new economic system, one that has never before been seen or used in the history of the world. This paper will demonstrate that the current crisis of capitalism is being used to implement a new radical economic system that will completely supplant it. This is not some new idea created in the bowels of the United Nations. It's a revitalized implementation of technocracy that was thoroughly repudiated by the American public in 1933 in the middle of the Great Depression. The technocrats have resurfaced and they do not intend to fail a second time. Whether or not they succeed this time will depend upon the intended servants of technocracy and the citizens of the world. Indeed, the dark horse of the New World Order is not communism, socialism, or fascism. It is technocracy. It's actually all of it working together because, you see, they all really work in the dialectic towards the same goal. You've got to have conflict to come get the solution, and then, of course, you just simply guide the outcome to the solution that you want. And it was founded uh, by Howard Scott and M. King Hubbard, In 1932, during the Great Depression, technocracy proposed a radical new solution for the world's economic ills. In 1932, Harry A. Porter wrote in the Roosevelt and Technocracy, just as Reformation established religious freedom, just as Declaration of Independence brought about our political freedom, technocracy promises economic freedom. Well, it does, actually, for the guys who own it. Porter's plan included abandoning the gold standard, suspending the stock exchanges, and nationalizing railroads and public utilities. Freedom notwithstanding, Porter then called for President-elect Franklin D. Roosevelt to be sworn in as dictator rather than president so that he would overturn the existing economic system in favor of technocracy. 
drastic as these these changes from the present order of things may be, they will serve their purpose if only to pave the way for the economic revolution and technocracy. That was page 63. Anyway, David Rockefeller uh, is in it too. He says, when David Rockefeller picked Brzezinski, the co-founder of the Trilateral Commission in 1973, it was the same specific goal to create a new international economic order. Without some knowledge of historic uh, technocracy, exactly what does a trilateral commission ultimately have in mind with such a goal that could not possibly have been understood? Today it's necessary to rethink these issues in order to determine if this radical movement is still operating, what their goals are, and how did they plan to achieve their goals. Then it goes on to carbon currency and energy, which we're about to get smacked with awfully hard. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. Another article I'd like to talk about too is called The Unseen War on American Farms. And uh, again, you have to go into the history of the United Nations and every department that was set up at the United Nations and go through the speeches made by these CEOs of the different departments because one of them years ago said that farming was too important to be left to farmers. And by splitting up the world into regions, they eventually hoped from the United Nations to decide how much food goes to each country. Again, redistribution of wealth and so on. Uh, poverty equally across the, the planet. That's what it was to be. And um, that, that's what they're getting right now. But they wanted to get rid of the farmers. Now, the, the corporate farms have got a free hand to go and do whatever they want. Absolutely. But it's the small guys are getting hammered, right down to the beekeepers even. They can't even pollinate the fields now because the bees are all dying off or dead because of the GM food. I hate to call it food, but, but it's been planted across the, pretty well all the developed countries now, and it kills off the bees as well because it's so soaked in awful pesticides, plus it produces its own pesticide, it just kills them right off. So it kills off the bees along with it, never mind the, the aerial spraying we're getting every day too. But this article here goes on to say, Guns drawn, a SWAT team kicks in the door of a private business. Are the cops here for drug dealers, mafia, mobsters or terrorists? No, the long arm of the law is out for the real dangerous contraband, raw milk and grass-fed chickens. This is no joke. I mean, this is kind of laughable, but it's true. I've put the, the links up before where you see them going in to these guys, uh, little farms, and kicking everything over as though they were after some terrible, terrible terrorists. This is Nick Gillespie sits down with Kristen Cancy, director of the, the documentary called Farmageddon. Farmageddon, it's called. The Unseen War on American Farms, a new documentary about fo- small farms and co-ops have been rated by the Food and Drug Administration, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and state-level agencies that have had their products seized and destroyed. One particularly gruesome case involved a flock of sheep being killed because of the non-existent threat of the sheep acquiring mad cow disease. Well, Britain went through the whole whole country's um, industry there and killed pretty well everything off too. Remember too, in the future you will be vegetarian, whether you like it or not, and you'll be forced to take nothing but Monsanto's crap. 
Uh, says, Cantus says this is the only film she intends to make. She aspires to open a farm-to-table restaurant in Massachusetts, a venture that we made all the more difficult uh, by onerous and misguided regulations. So anyway, that's the, the, the documentary Farmageddon that documents what's been going on to American farmers. But as I say, uh, even during Thatcher's reign in Britain, doesn't matter left-wing, right-wing, it's all a joke. Um, there's only one agenda. Thatcher, too, made similar comments to do with small business and that uh, the big corporates would take over everything. And she made it so difficult in her reign that uh, the average small business person was spending more than half their day filling out forms to keep government happy. And, of course, she couldn't make a profit when you're doing that all day. And, of course, the Greenies... um, uh, are really coming out in force now. Before getting on to them, though, just to mention that people probably forget who the the band called The Who happened to be. But it's interesting, they were going through their own revolution at that time. It was mainly, mainly a sexual revolution and more rights for the peoples and so on. But uh, the, the main singer was Roger Daltrey, and now he's come out in an interview to give his views on immigration. This is in Britain. The National Health Service, which is decimated, and the coalition government, the joke, the big joke of the government. He says he was a 60s rebel renowned for voicing working-class angst, and now legendary, who frontman Roger Daltrey has waded into the debate on immigration. See, he was deliberately set out to destroy um, all the countries by overwhelming immigration from diverse nations. That was the key to it, diverse nations, meaning opposite nations, and eventually... Uh, and that's what Blair said too. He, he told his, his um, the next in command that I read the article on the air from mainstream that they had to destroy the British way of life forever uh, and bring in mass immigration until there was nothing left of what you could call a Britain anymore. It's a war. <laughs> it's been awfully successful. And that part's over and done with now. And now they want to increase immigration by about 30% per year, even though they're flooded right now. Anyway, it says, Daltrey, now 67, has told how the influx of thousands of immigrant workers from the rest of Europe during the Labour's 13-year reign left indigenous working classes unemployed. The star told how the, the last government left the British working man, well, screwed, like he'd never been screwed before by cheap labour coming in from Europe. See, everyone has to Britain because Britain advertises, and it has since 1970s, it's got the best welfare system for immigrants, that is. So naturally they go there. However, the current Conservative and Liberal Democrat coalition government were not spared his ire either, with Daltrey adding, the quality of our politicians is tragic. He's awfully polite. He used to be a lot more to the point. He continued, I don't care what people say about me. I tell it like it is. And if I'm wrong, I'll just say, okay, I'm wrong. I'm not always the most diplomatic person. I know my faults, but I'm comfortable with me. He also had harsh words for the, the machinations of the National Health Service, He's long been involved in charity and teenage cancer trusts. As a result, he's experienced the workings of the National Health Service. He says you, you suddenly see enormity and complexity of it and the truth that no one wants to accept that there's nobody in charge. It's been decimated to the bone, <laughs> stuff. Everybody's duck, who's still working is ducking out the way if you walk into a hospital. And um, he says everyone knows it can't carry on, but you can't touch anything in the National Health Ser- Service because the nurses are in their trench, the doctors are in their trench, and the unions are in their trench. It's the First World War. Daltrey, who is his wife Heather in a sprawling estate in East Sussex, is also a furious at rural poverty. Rural poverty is on the rampage across Britain because they've got them to get them off the land, and they haven't got the message yet. Back with more after this break.
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and an interesting article came out too about communism because the, the Communist Party USA has uh, come out to back Obama and says uh, communists to back Obama and Democrats in 2012. It's quite interesting. People never, they, they, forget, they forget they're still around these guys, but uh, you see the boys who control the money system and the foundations to make sure their world goes forward, across the whole world that is. I mean, these foundations are all linked together across the planet. They all end up going to the big international meetings on every different level. And, um, and they've got to have all the different parties they can imagine to, that they might have to use in the future and keep chipping away at the foundations of the old systems. But anyway, it says here, um, the Communist Party USA, while on occasion working to build third-party efforts, has since the 1930s consistently supported and infiltrated the Democratic Party. Well, no kidding, eh? (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll call them communists. There's another name. And a a column in today's People's World, Communist Party National Secretary Sam Webb. Interesting, because the Fabian Society was set up uh, with the two secretaries. uh, It was was Sidney Webb and his wife whose real name was Potter. She wrote children's stories full of <laughs> things to change their habits and behavior. Anyway, these are the reasons why his party, despite some uh, disappointments, will continue to support their friend Barack Obama and the Democrats in 2012. And that's about them. And then from their actual communist site, the party site, it says, does it matter which party wins? And then they go through all the same stuff and domestic policies, etc. But so they'll, they'll back Obama anyway. It's not ideal, but they'll back him anyway. Kind of like the like the um, the anarchists did in the Spanish Civil War. Uh, they didn't have enough gumption just to go against the government because it was technically socialist, but not really socialist. And and so they backed it anyway. And then they also backed the communists who were fighting alongside them. And, of course, the inevitable happened where they ended up fighting each other. So uh, they're quite easy to manage when they when they start to uh, forget what they're supposed to be doing and join the other side or back the other parties. And Britain is doing really well across the whole of Europe, actually, to get folk off the roads. 1.3 million driven off the road as cost of petrol and gasoline passes £1,700 per year for the average person. And the cost out over there is, is astronomical uh, in everything that you purchase. As I say, America has been deliberately sheltered because they need the military still to finish off uh, somebody else's uh, Middle East agenda. And once that's done, they'll really whack you up to the, the world standard levels for everything that you purchase, food, the lot, you know. And it says um, an estimated 1.3 million people have given up driving in the past year because of the rising cost of motoring. The average car owner is now spending around 1,720 uh, per year to fuel their vehicle. That's pounds, which is a 22.9% year-on-year increase. That's You can't go on, 22.9% per year, as Sainsbury Car Insurance said. So again, you've got to get them off the road, as they said they do. And I was asked that years ago. I said, I'll just keep putting the prices up till you can't afford it. And again, um, I'll hit us more in Canada and the U.S. and maybe Australia too because folk have to travel much longer distances if they live in the rural areas and they'll make sure it's going to be impossible to live. Then you'll all be moving into your crap little cities and be part of your local community (laughs) along with Costco, you know. And um, 
it's, it's fascinating how this plan's laid out. It's wonderful, really, in a sense. You've got to admire the brain behind it. But um, another article to only put tonight, too, is one where the neocons... See, the neocons have also joined with, with the, 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 uh, the new parties, Obama's party, the neolibs, we'll call them. And, uh, in fact, they cross each other on the stage, uh, giving talks and bolstering each other. Because we know darn well that Obama has just done a, not only a continuation of uh, the war on terror that was cooked up to finish off the Middle East and take it all over, but um, they've actually stepped it up through Obama and uh, they've grabbed more oil fields maybe. I think it's maybe going for a bigger score than the last lot. Uh, many oil fields you can grab, you know. And um, and so you get, you get different people coming out. McCain and different ones are all coming out and, uh, and standing up beside Obama. Uh, it's, it's awfully confusing for the average person, isn't it? Here's the guys who are told we're the bad guys now. They're with the supposed good guy now, and they're both on the same pathway, which has always been the same pathway, isn't it? But this article here is from AEI. You'd think it was about monetary things and so on, but it's not really, uh, because I'm going to put a link up to uh, the members list, and you'll find all of the neocons' names in there if, you're, if you really look carefully. And their whole agenda is to continue the war in the Middle East to make it safe for another country. And uh, before America is safe, to put it that way. Uh, so it's the same old people uh, running the same old show. And uh, that's what... There's John Kerry, too. He's come out. Why didn't... Uh, we didn't choose this. Uh, this is the link up is a video. We didn't choose this fight. It started with 9-11, John Kerry says, on why we must fight Gaddafi, part one. And uh, it's quite interesting as well as he goes through all the usual nonsense uh, and... Um, of course, we know there's another agenda behind the whole of Middle East. I mentioned last week some of the big players who drafted up the project for New American Century for Wolfowitz and others. And, you, and I left all the links for Wolfowitz who said we must stand up for Israel before any other country. And uh, he, he actually was thrown out at one point early in his career for advocating the same war with the same countries. And then, of course, he got in and Cheney got in and all the rest of them got in with New American Century and we know where we ended up now. What was interesting too, what he did say was first we must make sure we take Iraq he says and eventually Syria and he says uh, but Egypt will be the prize. So there's big plans obviously for Egypt as well that they haven't told the general public about but why bother telling you? You're just paying for it all, right? Isn't that true? You're just paying for it all. And then the power struggles go on, as I say. Um, they're selling off Australia as they're selling off Britain and other countries now to private corporations. And uh, there's another one, of, uh, more land sold off. Coal seam gas miners to buy up 140,000 hectares of prime Queensland farmland. And it says uh, the stage is set for a new, uh, for a major policy struggle over compulsory land acquisition for coal seam gas exploration. And it says the land includes uh, high-quality cropping land, grazing properties that the companies have uh, snared for strategic reasons or for major infrastructure projects. Now, these are all foreign companies that have bought them over. Two of the companies, Arrow Energy, which is actually Shell-owned, and Queensland Gas, which is part of the BG Group, are foreign-owned, and the buy-ups follow concern about the high level of land ownership by mining companies. 
This whole world, you see, remember what Karl Marx said in Lenin, he says eventually that the nation state will wither away. Well, it wasn't just going to do it by its own. You know, it's not got an intelligence. It's, oh, I've been around enough. I think I'll just wither away. No, it meant that human minds and human thoughts and action would make this happen. And, uh, and that's all part of it. Part of it was to amalgamate countries together. And then once they're amalgamated through a Pacific Rim region alliance or, say, a European Union or a North American Union or simply the whole continent of American Union, then the nation state weathers away. And But what's to take it over is big private corporations. Everything that you need to survive, that's food, water, shelter, clothing, will all be owned by private corporations across the entire planet. And there'll only be a handful of them, by the way, who own everything. That's the way it's going to be set up. You wait and see. So anyway, it says um, uh, the gas companies are also still using the land they own for productive agriculture, some of them. Um, so it says, lock the gate. Activist Drew Hutton said because some of the farms would not be used for wastewater and storage, they would probably never be used for agriculture again. That's a lot of land, 140,000 hectares. I remember I mentioned a few weeks ago, too, they're doing the same across parts of Africa as well and selling it off to the big private corporations. So much for the public. When has the public ever been asked their opinion on anything? It really, can you ever remember that? Can you? Quite something. Quite something. And uh, now there's some callers on the line. There's Pico from New York there on the line. Are you there, Pico? Yeah, hello. Hello, yes. I'm calling, I'm calling from Baltimore, Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore, okay. Hey, how you doing, uh, Mr. Watt? Well, I'm hanging on with my fingertips here. <laughs> okay, it's, uh, I want to say, you know, it's, it's, it's somewhat of a, you know, definitely an honor, you know, saying to talk to you. You're definitely one of the, the top-notch researchers and teaches this alive in this matrix world we live in right now and uh i've been learning a lot from you for the last couple of months and uh, i just wanted to tell you that i appreciate that yeah that means it's working so whatever i'm doing it's working <laughs> yeah but uh, right. but yeah right. so you, under, you understand the agenda and you understand what where it's going and why it's going this way yeah well yeah i understand um you know I, i've been i've been Studying since about 2000, as far as uh, everything, but I, I've taken, I've, I've been taking it to, the, I guess you say, the next level. The last couple of years, mm-hmm. whatever, trying my best to, you know, when I can get my hands on stuff, knowledge, and different books or whatever. The yeah. internet is a, um, right now is feeding me. It's, yes. it's, it's feeding me, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long we got before they uh, <laughs> shut it down. I hope. You know, well, they they'll, they'll, keep, they'll keep the Internet going, but not in the same format, yeah. The, the, the censorship is coming along heavily, and uh, so many laws are being... I'm sure they've already been sitting on dusty shelves. They'll blow off the dust and pass them at the right time, and they'll know exactly when they're going to do it. They probably wrote them 10 years ago or 15 years ago. See, anything that happens to us now, you understand. Even what I'm reading here, every part of what I'm talking about took years to plan and negotiate, never mind get the technology to make everything work. You're going back 50 years maybe on each each part of this whole world agenda, maybe 100 years in some of it. And yet they, they give up, they, they spring on the public as though each part is, is, is just ready to go suddenly, out of nowhere, but all by itself. And they never talk about the incredible international negotiations that took years and lawyers and goodness knows what. 
And as I said, never mind the actual machinery to make it all work, even to do with the smart grid across the planet. So you realize when we know about something and we are told about something, it's like it's like coming out off the ground as a groundhog. And by the time you see something coming your way, it's run over you and it's off towards the far horizon. And when you look back, there's something else on the horizon and whoomph, it's run over you again. So we're, we're technically almost living in the past because all these things were, were designed in the past and they're only now implementing them. And they only deign to tell us when they're actually actually in the implementation stages. Yeah, yeah I realize they, you know, they plan like hundreds of years ahead of time and everything. I, I, I know a little bit about, you know, I've been learning a little bit, you know. I, I, um, something I want to say, but before I forget, right, I wanted to ask you a kind of important question to me. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, this guy, Benjamin Fulford, right, uh, have you heard of him? I've heard the name, yeah. All right. Um, now I've been checking him out recently, right? And uh, um, uh, I guess Alex he don't really like him too much or whatever. But he's been um, saying stuff about the uh, few secret society, uh, Japanese secret societies. I guess the red and the greens. And actually, he was claiming at first he was claiming he was um, he had uh, sworn in with the um, the Oriental. I mean, um, Asian. Excuse me. Uh, Illuminati or whatever, and they was yeah. basically some stuff about Davis. I mean, I know you know about the inner fighting, but yeah. from what I've been hearing lately, he said now that they're on their last leg and they're gonna uh, kill them. You know, the, um, I guess the top 550 members of the head that's not trying to give up their power, which I already knew. Like Star Wars, they didn't. They're not gonna ever want to give up. They're not gonna give up their power peacefully. They, I, I mean, I already knew you was gonna have to probably. They was gonna have to be. Uh, jail, put them under the jail or whatever, but they wasn't going to get a power. But I'm just trying to figure out because lately he said that Obama signed something about Intel Pro could come in and um, audit the um, the Federal Reserve or something like that. And uh, and he also said Obama met with him, but then when he came back to the United States, uh, they threatened him or they was going to kill him or something like that. So he kept on going with the agenda that he already been on anyway for us. Yeah. With the uh, so, I, I would tell you, though, to take everything with a pinch of salt that, that comes out uh, of a lot of these sites. Because I'll tell you, I mean, the, the reason we're so dumbed down is they've always given us our heroes to follow. And for every personality type, we all fall into personality categories and likes and dislikes and hobbies and different things. And uh, they'll make sure that there's, there's quite a few out for each category. And these guys lead you off into false reports. Believe you me, uh, you don't look for a hero in this. Don't look for some Tong gangs to stand up and, and, and start fighting. Uh, you're your only hero. You're your only hero. I mean, every movie you see in Hollywood, it's, it's like Clint Eastwood. You know, the town's scared stiff and they do nothing for themselves. And he just comes in with a cigar and mops up the town. It's the one. Every movie says he's the one. You notice that? All the heroes, they call him the one. Uh, that, that's some, that you've been conditioned. No, you understand that each person is your own, you're your own champion. You are your own champion. And we have to do all these things ourselves, believe you me, because no hero is going to come along and do it for you. It's never happened in history, you know. And uh, be careful of the stuff they put out there. Um, be careful of someone who is technically a no one who's given a little interview with a Rockefeller. Um, because they do these setups all the time to follow, to, to make sure there's always a lot of disinfo put out 
amongst what they call the patriot groups. I mean, they're, they're running after aliens, they're running after so everything you can imagine. Uh, this is part of Sunstein's plan to, to, to completely immobilize them through, through conflicting information and actually impossible information. Because I'll tell you something, there's nothing in China. China didn't come up by its own bootstraps. It was put up like India's coming up now by, because we're funneling billions of dollars. Every country is funneling, funneling billions of other money into China through the World Trade Organization because the UN told them to. And, uh, and they've told them, this is the up-and-coming country for the future, same with Brazil, uh, India, and, uh, and so on. And China is so corrupt historically, so corrupt historically, there's no affiliation between the guys who are filling their pockets in China right now when it comes to the crunch. They're all on board with this world agenda, all of them. Japan, they've always been nationalistic, weren't too well too well liked by the big boys that run the agenda. But look what's happened to them. Look what's happened just recently to them. I mean, they're hanging on literally with the skin of their teeth to what economy they have because of the cost and the radiation damage and, and so on. In fact, we don't even know what the full extent of this damage will be. Anyone who still st- start, tries to be a nation uh, a, 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 and very nationalistic is going to get hammered, uh, as Japan got hammered. Yeah. So, so always be careful uh, about, about following people that you can't really check out too, too well on what they're actually saying. But don't, don't believe in, it's kind of like a second coming. Don't expect the Chinese to get up and do it all for you, or the Japanese. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. So you're, you are your own champion, and, and believe you me, once you get going and be your own champion, the strength will come to you. Back with more after this. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. And just before we go on to the next callers, just to mention that Canada's housing bubble is ready to burst as well. I was wondering when that boil would go because they've done it everywhere else. And now they've way overvalued all the housing and, and so on. People are up their eyes in debt. And now in the Economic Outlook, Outlook magazine, they've said it's ready to bust and the housing prices will will plunge by as much, I'd say at least 25%, probably more. And then it will be the same sta- state as the states, as they say. And now there's Alex from Florida on the line. Are you there, Alex? Hey, Alan, it's my pleasure, and you do a wonderful job, and I always get uh, educated when I listen to you. Uh, I was mainly calling about um, becoming an activist, and I'm always concerned because I have kids and I don't want to put them in danger. Yeah. And I was just wondering what your thoughts about that would be. I mean... Is, is well, well, technically, your, your children are, are in danger anyway. Uh, everyone's uh, children, uh, all the children are in danger because when you've seen the future uh, and they print the future for us as to where they're going... Uh, those children will be so zombied out by the end of their schooling, they probably will have nothing in common you whatsoever. In fact, they might hate you 
because they're actually teaching them in schools now to hate the, oh, that awful generation that just guzzled all the fuel, they guzzled all the food, they were selfish, etc. And it's even in the cartoons. I've, I've, I've seen some of the cartoons that's in there too. So the children are all in danger as it goes. And what they've told us about the, the austerity plans, that's going to affect them anyway. Uh, they're going to grow up in a, in a country where there's literally no jobs on the go as everything uh, closes and, and is crashed. And you're a, we're already a service economy. Um, how many folk do you need to dish out a hamburger? I mean, literally, that's where we are pretty well. If it wasn't for war right now, America will collapse. And when America is finished, actually, uh, with the Middle East, that's when they'll pull the plug on it. Once it's, they've done what, they, what they're supposed to do, that's their job, that's America's job. Once that's done, they'll pull the plug. So... Everyone's got to be an activist. If you love the children, you have to be active. And, and if there's repercussions, you can teach your children too to be um, uh, independent thinkers and uh, to be able to handle anything that comes their way. If they're intelligent, they can handle that so they can give the, the proper replies to any goading that they get at school or even some sly comments from uh, those things they now call teachers, those robots. So... Um, you have to stand up for your children and take the, the plunge because if everyone had done this in previous times, there would be no USA Today. Yeah, that's right. And, I, of course, I want to be a peaceful activist. It's not yeah. like I want to be a, a yeah. villain or anything like that. I just want to basically stand up and speak the truth as much that, as I can, just like you're doing, you know? If, if you can't do that, you understand you're under an awful tyranny. If, if you, The day that you can't stand up and simply... Shout, the king has no clothes, you know, um, and say it, say it like it really is, regardless of the prevailing uh, indoctrinated thought and fantasy, and say it like it really is, uh, and who's to blame and all the rest of it. If you can't say that, you, 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 you have no country in any way. You have no country. Yeah. Okay, so in other words, basically, uh, we'll be safe as long as I teach my kids to be independent. And it's, in, it's imperative. It's imperative you teach your children. Because they, they've got to grow up in the aftermath of the part we're going through. And they've given us enough sci-fi movies to show you what kind of world it's going to be. Uh, a lot of destitution and, and crumbling old cities. is, And that's also in the Department of Defense of Britain and the U.S. up to the year 2050. They cram us into the cities, massive poverty, no work. And all you've got are these big, well-paid um, uh, armies keeping you all in line and killing you. And, I mean, that literally is what they've got planned. You know, that, that is what they've got planned. So you don't think so? Are my kids will be in, in danger anyway? Either way. Either way, no. It's, in fact, less danger. The more street savvy they are, the more wise they are as to what's happening, the better it is. But, but thanks for calling from Hamish myself, from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me. Your God or your God, school with you.